0: This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings.
1: you're listening to the action figure blues podcast episode number 319 for the week of wednesday the 11th of april 2018 i'm eddie this episode is brought to you by loot crate and actionfigureblues.com tonight i discuss the hand solo force friday event and go in depth on the 1995 kenner superman man of steel toy line Mangica Guides, and welcome to another episode of Action Figure Blues. Now, unfortunately uh, for some, this might be a bit of a downer episode because it is one of those Eddie solo show type episodes. On the bright side for some, I generally receive a lot of positive feedback on these episodes. So if you are one of those people you might be in for a treat so trick or treat depending on how you feel but nevertheless i will endeavor to try and make it interesting for you while i am flying solo Uh, and flying is definitely going to be one of the themes for tonight but before i delve into that main subject i want to talk a little bit uh on the force friday events i'm using that term Generally, I haven't really heard it thrown around too much. But for those of you who don't know, A Force Friday uh, is usually happens on a Friday, as the name might suggest. And it generally in, revolves around new Star Wars merchandise being released uh, for an upcoming movie, which we do currently have. Uh, believe it or not, in a few weeks, Han Solo will be opening. And on... Uh, This past Friday, as I am recording this, the Friday the 13th, a bit of a ominous name, maybe not a good idea to release a toy line on, Uh, we did have the release date for the Han Solo merchandise. And judging by uh, my own personal experience and what I am seeing uh, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, not a lot of people had uh, some great luck at all out there Uh, it seemed like most stores didn't really put things out or stock them now i am recording this on the sunday Uh, hopefully in this upcoming week items are just in storage at the back of stores uh, and they will be able to get them out for the fans that are looking to buy them but it does seem a lot of people went away empty-handed and that always guts me i i I do love the idea of fan uh, force fridays and being able to get out there and everyone sort of getting a line of toys at the same time that we can bring them back home and discuss them but really that didn't happen uh this week which disappoints me even in terms of broken street dates and getting items early we didn't really see a lot popping up or being revealed now, I was lucky enough to get a Han and a Range Trooper early, and then on the Sunday after the Force Friday, uh, going home empty-handed, uh, I was able to acquire a Tarkin and a Lando. And the spoilers for when me and Ben eventually sit down and cover this line, uh, they're they some fantastic Toys. This might actually be a really solid case of Black Series figures. Now, I haven't been delving too much into the three and three quarter. I did notice Big W's here in Australia are getting the vintage series, which is nice. It wasn't something I was expecting to see. And I did hear from talking uh, to mate and a fellow action figure reviewer, Pixel Dan. He was even able to find some Dewbacks uh, in his area, which I have seen spattering amounts of, but it doesn't seem like that was a heavy hitter now most of our vigor figure vehicle setups like the speeders uh, are generally hogging up toy shelves and hitting clearance so i wasn't overly expecting to see the Jew back here down under uh, but there was a little bit of me that was hoping uh he might pop up but, uh, it is a bit disappointing. Uh, there do look to be a lot of exclusives coming out and hitting their way. Hopefully they will make their street date of, uh, May the 1st and that will be another in cave of toys and help get the fans excited for this movie but I, I am a bit disappointed and in terms of the film itself a little worried that Disney do seem to be burying it a little bit here in the lead which could be a shame but uh, that's that's a bit of a disappointing thing either way I don't want to spend too long uh, drilling in on it but uh, it is something that I love to do it's something that I love to cover and hopefully by the time we get around to episode 9 it'll be back to being a big full-on fair event uh but how about i take a short little break i don't need much of a break i've been going for only about five minutes uh but let's come back and i'll delve into our main topic for today
0: if your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon loot crate is the world's favorite subscription box service And they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme. And there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AF Blues with the promo code bridge 10
1: Here we are back again. So for the topic that I'm going to be talking about. Uh, It's actually something uh, that I often start these solo episodes by saying. It's been rattling around in the back of my head for a while. It's something that I have wanted to talk about. I just didn't really find the place. It's something that might be a little bit hard to talk about when we're a group because I'm not too sure how much experience the other guys have with this particular toy line. Uh, But the week that I am recording this, is the week that we are going to see the 1000th issue of action comics and if you're listening to this you probably know what that means but of for the few of you that might not action comics is the comic that's the home of superman it's where he first appeared in action comics number one back in 1938 so it's a very big deal that this comic is hitting 1000 not only is it you know a comic that's been in print that long anything that's been in print that long uh is an impressive run but it's given us one of the most iconic characters of all of literature it's hard to go to any country and not find people that would recognize that superman s uh so i really think it's a great week to talk about uh superman and clark kent and his sort of padre of characters uh that come along with him uh now he is one of those sort of mainstays of toys not as big as you might expect though he has been around uh, even i believe back in the world's fair there was sort of Quote, unquote, I'm using question mark uh, fingers, which don't really work on podcasts, but kind of action figure prototypes, uh, shall we say. And then obviously uh, the first really popular and notable one being the Mego figure, uh, but even the Mego Pocket Hero uh, figure started to hit. And you had Kenner's first take on him and probably I'd say arguably the most iconic, uh, Superman figure. Particularly for us older folk uh, is the Kenna superpowers Superman. Now we did a little bit of a weird discussion or probably over a year ago now where we picked out uh, some iconic characters and our favorite versions of those characters, uh, and a lot of the guys on the podcast went with that Kenna superpowers Superman. I delved from that, and I went with another Kenner Superman figure, this time from a line called Superman Man of Steel that came out in 1995, <laughs> so as a big introduction to get to our topic that I'm going to be talking about, which is this toy line superman man of steel uh it was a fantastic line uh that i remember loving as a kid but it didn't have a long life uh, It didn't really go anywhere it's one i rarely hear people talking about but it's one that i loved and i think for me part of the reason that i really loved it was that there really wasn't much in the way of superman at that time uh in, in terms of a toy line dedicated to him uh you had characters like batman popping up thanks to the film so there were batman figures out there uh you had spider-man and x-men and uh even branching off into some of the other marvel characters such as uh iron man fantastic four as they got their uh cartoon series superman didn't have much media attention in the early 90s uh, outside of the comics he definitely got a lot of media attention for the comics in the early 90s uh, because DC decided to shake things up a bit and killed Superman off and that's a whole podcast in and of itself if I wanted to do a deep dive into the death of Superman. But we we talk about the figures here, and this is probably the closest we'll come for toys around that time frame. And this toy line, Superman Man of Steel, does pull a lot from the early 90s era of Superman, which was the Superman that I was reading at the time and what I was growing up with so this line, uh, despite being full nineties and seeming a bit old and out there, uh, seemed super modern to me, and this was a bit of a weird thing because. While we were getting Spider-Man action figures based on the Spider-Man cartoon series, Spider-Man didn't look like that in the books at the time. He was Ben Riley, he had the big spider on. Uh the X-Men were starting to wear their weirder space jumpsuit stuff that they were wearing in the end of the nineties and didn't necessarily look like the jim lee 1992 cartoon series figures we were getting wolverine had had the metal pulled out on him and he'd gone all neanderthalish and didn't really look much like the figures that we were getting now they did do figures on these uh looks that i've described but generally what would happen that figure would finally hit right as that story was wrapping up in the comics so you didn't really have it at the same time and this line of toys does have that but for me as i was picking up superman it seemed to match more than any other toy line so i was very happy about this as a young uh sort of nine ten year old when these were coming out uh and i was really getting into comics for the first time and so this line excited me now it came out at a time where i didn't have the internet uh i The internet wasn't something that was used for nine-year-olds to collect toy news on. So it was literally just me walking into my local toy store, seeing it on the shelf, and my mind was blown it had this sort of beautiful red and yellow card art that really snapped and grabbed my attention there was some wonderful sculpt work going on now if you're familiar with kenner you sort of know these style of figures there were a lot of figures in this design it kind of reminded me of like the jurassic park figures here had a batman line that was kind of a tied in a little bit with this one we'll get into it but uh the legends of batman and there were a lot of particularly movie time figures generally came across with this style uh of toy and it was a sculpt that i like so it did draw me in and grab my attention uh wonderful packaging as i mentioned it had these colorful cards that would come with it that had the designs of the characters on it, and it really pulled me in. And I remember being devastated because mum wouldn't buy it for me. It was one of those cases of like, oh, mum, look at this toy. Oh, my God, this is one of the greatest things ever. Mum, can I have this toy? What do you mean? No, you're breaking my heart. In the stupid way that I used to think, every other kid gets a toy a day except for me. Oh, it's so mean and harsh. Why won't you buy your son a toy? Don't you love me, mummy? If you love me, you'd buy me this toy. No, nah, was not happening. I had to go away, tail between my legs. Uh, but do you know what? I worked my little butt off. Well, I was still a fat kid as a 10 year old, so my big butt off, uh, trying to get money to buy this figure. Now, if memory serves me correct, uh, I was around, or oh, it was maybe $10 Australian at the time it was probably much less in the u.s uh our conversion back then was horrible Uh, but it was around ten dollars might have even been 11 uh that i purchased my first figure from this series with which was power flight superman so power flight superman was your 90s superman post the death of so as he's more well known uh mullet superman which uh is more of a term i need to get used to saying i actually used to call him in the 90s seinfeld superman because his hair looked like jerry seinfeld uh to me but that's a one-off so if you hear me say seinfeld superman in this episode i'm referring to mullet superman and he was the figure that i picked for my favorite version of the last son of krypton uh he came with chains that you could break off his arms he had an action feature we'd sort of just move his arms slightly forward and i'd flick up into the flying pose his head would sort of jordle back to give it a slight look as if he was flying now the articulation on him wasn't great his hands were kind of locked together in a way that if you're moving one arm the other arm generally moved with it you could get them separate but you'd be getting that sort of scary ratchet click uh, that you could get at times Uh, his head was kind of locked in because of the look back flight mode uh, but it could look up and down weirdly this didn't bother me at all as a kid because you could get him in sort of these iconic superman poses either flying or hand on his hip and one punching hand out you could have him looking down stoically you could have him looking up in that Sakana sort of flying pose uh it, it did all the things that i needed it to do and action figure articulation wasn't great then having you know sort of Five points, just slightly different. Wasn't that big of a deal as it would be today if we got, uh, this figure. And he looked fantastic. He has that huge S symbol on his chest. Uh, the colors were just incredible and spot on he was superman as he stepped off the page uh which was a rarity then this was a comic based line i i it's really i I'll, I'll stop saying it now but that's the one thing i really wanted to drill in that i loved about this is that this was a comic based toy line uh now the other superman that they had in the first wave uh of six figures was Laser Superman uh, and they call him Laser Superman because he came with sort of a big style 90s gun uh, but really we don't call him Laser Superman if you're talking to someone about this this is Black Superman in that it's him wearing the black suit uh, that he wore when he kind of came out of his coma at the end of the Death of Superman storyline which he did carry big guns around with him at that time so it, it did uh, it, it actually does work. It it is a thing. Uh, so he was a very popular one. Uh, it was a really liked costume. I think coming off the Spider-Man black costume, uh, this seemed to work just as well. It was already iconic, even just two or three years after that original storyline had come out. And it's something that you often see with superman teased out through even to this day is this black costume even though he barely wore it uh but it was a fantastic choice and this is something that they didn't do a lot in the 90s and even early 2000s that i wish they'd done we got all these different variations on characters like spider-man and batman and they just invent laser swimmer batman or jungle attack spider-man and you had all these different costumes that the characters had worn even for small points in the comics that you could pull from and put a design on and it would be collectible but they really weren't doing it so uh the fact that they actually pulled from the comics for their variant of superman here Did please me. Uh, now let's bookmark this conversation because things did change in the future here with this line, but we'll wait on that, uh, for a tick. Now we did get some other non-Superman, uh, figures in this first wave. A lot of them based on the reign of Superman story arc that came after the death of Superman, uh, where it was actually a really clever idea. The writers had sat down, had discussed, what uh, they were going to do the death of superman was so big how do we kind of bring him back how do we tease people that he's coming back and they had a big writing summit and pitched out a few ideas and they were trying to choose what idea to go with and I believe, as the story goes, it was Louise Simonson, who's a fantastic part of comics history, who put forth the notion, why don't we do all of them? So you had four these four different uh, Superman-like characters running around Metropolis, uh, basically trying to be Superman, and it was a great way of showing uh, the reader what Superman is and what Superman can mean, but also that it's hard for one person to take that place and hear sort of four different people filling in different notions and we don't get all of them, but we get a, couple of them here the first being steel uh which is john henry irons uh he's kind of like the tony stark of uh, dc would be a comparison that happens a lot they're not exactly alike in terms of personalities but uh he was definitely on his way to being very iconic uh in the 90s DC. He's kind of faded away a little bit, sadly, uh, in modern-day DC. He is a great character. Uh, unfortunately, he's probably best known for the horrible Sha- uh, Shaq uh, movie uh, that came out the next year. Uh, might be why they were pushing him heavily in this toy line is that they knew that there was a movie on the way. Uh, but his design is just really cool, sort of this literal Man of Steel uh outfit but still has the s symbol and the big red flowing cape and he came with sort of he used to have a big hammer that was sort of his weapon gimmick and he had a special feature that you could squeeze him and he'd swing the hammer around and be able to knock over his foes there he's a great uh figure i did love that action feature i used it a lot for the swinging and bang he had uh he didn't have any vac metal on this one but he, he had a nice shine uh to the paint which was very cool and uh, it was just great again once again getting a new character from the comics was something that did uh excite me and get my blood kind of running so i was extremely happy to see him uh as well as the next character. Which was the newly introduced Superboy. Uh, so the term Superboy has been around for a while. Generally in comics, up until the 90s, it had referred to a younger version of Clark. Uh, Superboy in the 90s though, uh, was hinted at being a clone of clark ended up being he was kind of half clark half lex Luthor clone he had some powers similar to uh superman he had some different powers such as tactile tele- telekinesis uh but he had a very uh cool design now some people are going to laugh when they picture him uh and uh, me saying a cool design but you know what in the 90s it was cool he had sort of that Kind of sleek Spider-Man Leotard look, but he had the leather jacket on and he was wearing the Woody Harrelson uh natural born killer sunglasses and he was just badass. And they replicated him really well in the Superboy figure. This was probably the best sculpt out of that first line of figures. I just really love this figure. He just really popped Once again, it was another new sort of side character from the comics that we were getting in. He was Superman still. He had the big S symbol on his chest that just really popped with a vibrant red and yellow. Now, his action feature was kind of shitty, I'll be honest. He had these weird kind of machine hand pieces that if you twisted the right way, they'd sort of shoot off his arm I could never really quite work out what they were meant to be uh, but uh, they weren't really the highlight of the figure the highlight of the figure was the figure itself now unfortunately as a kid in the 90s i lost my Superboy. pretty much at the time that these guys had disappeared off shelves so i couldn't pester my parents to uh, take me down and buy me another one or even work my butt off and buy another one he was just gone and that did that did devastate me for a bit. It's one of those, when you talk about action figures, you lost as a kid. This is definitely one of those toys that's going to be the first to spring to my mind. This and the G.I. Joe version of Blanka from Street Fighter are the two main horrible uh, images in my mind of losing a figure uh, as a kid. Now, one thing that they probably did smart on this figure was that they didn't have the glasses on his head sculpt. He didn't come with glasses or it was just a plain face, which... Probably was for the best. The thing that you generally dates a superboy the most uh is the glasses, but uh still a great figure. I might even once we're done uh start having a little scan around eBay to see maybe I can uh uh dig one up. Uh but lastly, what line would it be? If you didn't have a villain, and Superman has some iconic villains from Darkseid, Lex Luthor, Parasite, Mixel Plick, Banshee, Toyman, so many great villains. What villain do you go with? They went with Conduit. So Conduit, you might be asking, who's he? You, you, not something to be ashamed of he is a very minor footnote uh in terms of a villain uh when it comes to superman but he did just have a big arc in the superman book so they were pulling out a new superman uh character and putting it in here which is kind of fair enough like uh, as i said one of the things i loved about this line was it was based off its most recent comic books now those issues i didn't read as a kid i knew him from a, another weird uh, place but i had this book that was a uh, kind of Where's wally but with superman characters and there was a page where it was based around conduit attacking metropolis and you had to find superman in uh, all the crowds fleeing to help him save the day, uh, whatnot. And he's not a bad villain, even though he's generally small and hasn't been used uh, too much. He was a character that, uh, used to be in Smallville and got this weird kryptonite radiation, uh, from. <laughs> living uh well being born at the same time that clark's rocket crashed and he grew up as an enemy of clark in smallville so he's actually kind of more of an enemy to clark kent than he is to superman uh he's kind of got these weird uh pipes coming out of him his suit is kind of uh piped up uh he's an interesting design not super rememberable. Uh, Generally speaking, if you're talking to people and they know Conduit, it's usually because they remember him from this action figure line and that he was a character that made it into the choice of being a figure now they did hedge their bets he was a short packed uh in the case so there were far less of him made than the other figures weirdly though he still became the peg warmer uh the most packed which was the power flight superman uh and laser superman were the ones uh that flew off the shelf uh you still had a fair bit of luck um Finding a Steel or Superboy, but they did also go. But Conduit, even though he was the short-packed one, still lingered on uh, the toy store shelves and was there for a while. He was one I remembered seeing around for a bit, but he will always have a soft spot, well, spot in my heart for this line. And this wave of toys did well. Didn't do super if you pardon the pun uh but they did roll forth into a second line and this is where we start to see the toy executives coming in they're they're like oh didn't really work but you know what worked was the superman so uh you know what we're doing some superman variants and this is where we got some characters such as solar suit superman uh which is a superman in a kind of yellow costume yeah you might be able to argue it was a little bit of an homage uh to that superpowers uh gold superman figure that came out i believe in brazil uh if memory serves me correct but uh i'd say probably in the 90s uh you didn't have toy creators doing homages to obscure superman figures so it's probably more of a coincidence now i don't know what the idea behind a solar suit for superman is whether that helps him take up the sun's radiation that gives him powers into him uh quicker it's probably just more we're getting a variant (laughs) out there the last superman sold well let's get more of them uh shame they didn't go with a different change of uh character (laughs) character style uh for superman i mean a lot of people were disappointed uh i found out retrospectively looking back that it wasn't the short head superman you could have just released power flight again but with the different head sculpt as kind of the old school superman they were uh sticking with this mullet uh look as he was appearing in the comics uh now the other weird variant one we got is ultra shield superman which is kind of him in what looks very reminiscent to the spacesuit that he wore in the superman animated series which was going on around the time that this second series uh did come out and was released so they might have been pulling on that i mean they did do a figure for that uh for the superman animated series uh toy line but uh it is always weird they they never seem to be able to keep it right does Superman need a suit in space or does he not probably the highlight in terms of the Superman figures that were coming out if you want to say it uh, was a figure known as Street Guardian Superman now You'll have to forgive me here my knowledge. I did mean to look this up before the show and uh, I had a bit of a busy day. I didn't. Uh, so uh, if you know the correct answer, please uh, write in. Now, this figure I believe is based off a really obscure Elseworld story where basically Superman is the Punisher. It's, <laughs> And that's what the figure uh, draws inspiration from. So, Pretty much ima- imagine a Punisher figure. Uh, instead of holding guns, though, he's holding kind of a shield and chains. And uh, instead of the skull white pattern on the chest, uh, imagine the Superman S symbol. You're pretty much imagining this figure here, which is the Street guardian superman now i believe the figure might have looked different from the actual elseworld's tale in which they were kind of basing this off uh isn't a hundred percent correct uh but i could be completely wrong uh here on that so forgive me but it does make for a sort of a cool weird figure is this uh superman uh, maybe he's lost his powers but he still uh wants to head out there and do what he can i mean this was the 90s gritty character takes was a bit of a rage maybe this was something that was uh potentially put forward in the end of the death of superman oh he comes back but he doesn't have his powers it's just moving through and it's ended up just becoming an Worlds and made it here into the figure but it is a nice looking figure and generally he seems to be the one in the secondary market that is up there a little bit. Most of these guys I've never really noticed going for huge, weird amounts, but uh, out of the main releases, he's often one that uh, is spiking up there by an extra 5 or $10. Uh, now, probably the... Well, not... Probably, I'm going to state it, uh, if you think I'm wrong, right in. The best figure of Wave 2 is the villain. Now, this time they didn't go with an obscure villain. They went with Lex Luthor, Superman's main enemy. He comes with kind of this cool, weird Hornet uh, power armor suit that he can fly around in. Now, I say power suit, don't picture the regular Superman power suit. This is... Uh, more kind of mech armories, got uh, kind of like a suit as if you'd be trouncing through the jungle uh, than anything you generally would see uh, Luther wearing. And then this weird sort of backpack piece with wings and a tail and a helmet that you can put on uh, to him. But the sculpting on the head sculpt is purely... Lex Luthor. It does really uh even though he's just a bald man figure, you can look at it and go like, I'm pretty sure that's Lex Luthor uh, by that scout. Some wonderful uh, action figure sculpt work. And I actually remember coming across this guy uh, I didn't pick up any of the Wave 2 figures uh, They they were really hard to find here in Australia, but I remember coming across this Lex Luthor figure years later in a country country like i'm talking outback australia we were on a holidays uh toy shop they still had uh this guy on their shelves and this was around 2001 2002 so we're talking about five or six years he's lingered around this country toy store and i was a really tempted to pick him up. I think I ended up going with a Dragon Ball Z figure, uh, but I was really tempted just because the sculpt work on this Lex Luthor is actually fantastic. He is a very cool toy, uh, and he he was easily the highlight of this wave for a lot of collectors, just getting that classic villain into this line uh, and being able to add it through there was uh, obviously going to be a winner. Now, shame he didn't really wear something more comic appropriate but it still works just having that angry bald man head sculpt is a a really really standout piece now obviously it was the 90s getting these toy lines meant uh that we also got some vehicles to go along with them uh the highlights uh of the vehicles though was the matrix conversion coupe uh, which, uh, was basically a little bit of a recycle of the Batman animated series, uh, Bruce Wayne's coupe. Uh, now, really the highlight of this pack and the reason why it was a highlight is that this game with a Clark Kent Figure. Uh, now, like the Luther, it's not really something that Clark overly wore. He doesn't come in his uh, sort of normal rider Daily Bugle suit. He's just wearing some uh, pants and a bit of a blue jacket. Now, people were sort of mixed on this Clark Kent figure. Uh, I remember originally. I'm talking as if I'm talking about experts, we we're kids on the schoolyard. Uh, but it seemed like he was the short haired, uh, Clark Kent, but, uh, it was, uh, you know, you had the long haired Superman, but, uh, he does have a ponytail sort of tucked around his head there in the sculpt. So he's meant to have just kind of tied it, uh, behind his head here. But, uh, a lot of people wanted this car set just for the Clark Kent. Figure. Uh, now, you also had a ride for Superboy, which was a, a VTOL cycle. Because what does Superboy need? Needs a way to fly, which he didn't. He could fly for those wondering. Um, so it's just one of those weird 90 things uh, that happened was you had a toy <laughs> for a character uh to use for the sake of giving him a vehicle it's not a bad 90s toy motorbike it's, it's not horrendous there's far worse things out there uh not really something that uh, <laughs> i ever really needed to actually the sculpt wouldn't really allow for it, but it would probably work better giving this cycle to that street guardian superman in my opinion but hey uh, that's the way they went they wanted to give superboy Something. Uh, And the last of the vehicles was a Kryptonian battle suit, a giant mech suit for Superman. Now, this might be one where you're like, oh, that's a bit like the Superboy cycle. Why would Superboy need a flying motorcycle? Why, Why would Superman need a mech suit? weirdly superman did use this very mech suit uh, at the end of the uh death of superman storyline where this is what he sort of marched from the fortress of solitude back to metropolis in uh he made his way he was sort of lightly depowered at the time and uh this was what he used for entering uh the battle uh, and so it it does have comic book origin so it's nice to see that they were still pulling a bit uh from that for these toys so it is you sort of classic toy mech suit uh now in the picture they do have the red and blue power flight superman in there really it was probably more uh for the laser superman figure that's what he was wearing when he was driving it but uh there you go now you also had multi-packs uh so you had two figures uh coming together plus you got a comic book now these weren't just reprints of the comic books on the shelves these were brand new stories uh done by dan Jurgens, who was one of the superman writers at the time as well as art from brett breeding uh now you had three two packs uh coming out in the beginning uh, I believe the way they were released uh was a massacre and full assault superman and a doomsday and what was what was the name of this superman so I just got to look down prey superman uh oh hunter prey superman that's funny, right uh so the you sort of had these villain uh, fight two packs coming out first and then a little bit later you had the superman batman world's finest uh two pack coming out arms and uh sort of swivel waist he had no movable legs uh which was a little bit of a shame he was kind of locked in uh the pose with all these bits but uh, definitely one people were grabbing up now the superman people have thought of as being a bit of a generic uh, variant character, but it actually was the suit that Superman wore uh, during the Hunter Prey storyline, where his suit was kind of done up by one of the New Gods' mother boxes to help him fight uh, Doomsday. So it does work. It is kind of in in the feel there. It sort of looks more uh, Kryptonian. He has sort of that uh, mask head, kind of like Gambits has, where it doesn't come and cover the face, but it does go up the back of the neck and around uh, the front of his head that does uh, always give him a slight bit of kryptonian look, plus kind of hides the mullet, so he does sort of look like more of a short haired uh, superman if that 's more to your appeal. the other f- two pack with the villain is Massacre vs. Full Assault Superman. Uh, so Full Assault Superman sounds like he's going to be coming with all the bits of guns uh, the very 90s. Uh, he comes with none of that. It's basically what you would refer to really as battle-damaged Superman, where he's just got tears on his outfit. Uh, probably would have been maybe a better choice to include with Doomsday. It sort of seems more like a uh, character getting a bit of a beat down but uh then hunter prey really works more with doomsday than he does with massacre now massacre might be a name that you don't recognize that's fine massacre is a lot like conduit where he's a character that had recently appeared in the superman 90s books uh he was kind of like this space alien guy that went around basically killing for fun he was sort of like if Dark Side was a serial killer, and he comes to Earth and he fights Superman, and that's that's kind of it. That's that's kind of his his story. Uh, not a huge part. Not uh, overly iconic in any way. Not really as good of a backstory as even conduit. had. Uh, he was just kind of another doomsdayish character i mean that doomsday did well so maybe they're trying to hit uh gold again but uh once again probably a character most iconic just because of the fact that he came out uh in this line now the last of the two packs uh that were released uh here originally uh was uh the Batman and Superman, uh, and, uh, they were known as Cyberlink armors, which really makes no sense. There's, there's, they just have these weird little armor pieces on the sculpting. They're, they're that classic variant style. Uh, now they did mix this up there. There was a Walmart uh, released version of these guys uh, that had sort of more vac metal uh, to give them a bit more of a shine uh, now it was a new sculpt on the batman as far as i can tell as well they didn't reuse this from any of the batman lines i don't believe and the superman's new sculpt so that's kind of nice uh, at least, and there was also a platinum edition done for comic book stores, uh, that did include a comic book, but, uh, really it, it just had sort of silver on the comic title. It wasn't really a, uh, fantastic, uh, ex- exclusives there. Now there was, a series that came uh, after this Superman line uh, known as Total Justice. And they did do mail ins using these sculpts uh, and still called them cyberlinks. Uh, so it, it does kind of tie these lines together, which I'll get into in a little bit here. Uh, so, um, but these Superman and Batman figures did really well so when they got around to doing their second line of two packs i uh, guess what it was old superman batman team-ups so probably the best of the two is you got a power flight superman with a crusader batman so these are uh, the iconic versions of these characters coming out uh, but if you had been collecting the Legends of Batman line, you would have the Crusader Batman. And if you were already collecting the Man of Steel line, you had this Power Flight Superman. It all these guys are just going to be re-releases. Uh, you also had Solar Suit Superman with future Batman. And you had probably the coolest of the two, uh, if you weren't getting the Legends of Batman line, but you have uh the uh is it the ultra power um superman in his sort of space suit as well as the Azrael uh batman so at least then you're getting a different character if you were just getting the man of steel uh stuff uh you were getting a different version at least here uh, i should say too jumping back future batman isn't terry guinness uh it was just a weird uh, character design of like a green batman that they had terry guinness was not around yet at that time. Uh, now, there were some deluxe figures that were also done. Uh, you had a, a larger, uh, it's kind of like a 10 inch molded uh, figure that came out of Superman. Uh, I, now, I believe this sort of ended up uh, later on in Jerry Seinfeld's apartment, I could be thinking of something completely different here, but I feel like this figure ended up, uh, somewhere pop culturally. I know he had a Superman statue that sort of changed a little bit, uh, in that series, and I think this was one of the versions, uh, of that. Uh, now you also had some deluxe, uh, basic figures, uh, which was a heat visor Superman that kind of Looks more along the lines of the Eradicator. Uh, He has kind of this weird blue suit. So it also might have been early inspiration behind the electric blue Superman, but he has light-up heat vision eyes that make him look like Cyclops and a big cord that connects the two. We also have a blast hammer uh, steel. So this is steel where he's actually vac-metalized. He's in sort of a less of a posed... Standing, and he comes with two hammers that can shoot out of a shield uh, that he owns. And they also went uh, for a larger 12-inch scale uh, figure with sort of cloth cloth goods, kind of hearkening a little bit back uh, to that Mego error. Now there was one where the figure originally had an embroidered S on the toy now I believe this was an FAO Schwartz exclusive and then the main release uh, which was a a Kmart exclusive uh, had uh, just kind of one of those iron on Uh, pattern sheets Uh, so that was everything that was released for the toy line but it wasn't everything that was made for the toy line Uh, one of my favourite things to look at when we go back and delve in uh, are unreleased figures that happened uh, to be shown in some form uh, that didn't necessarily come out with a line but unlike a lot of these stories uh, there were actual ways to get hold of kind of most of these so uh first off we have what was known as the kryptonian uh really the kryptonian was actually one of those four reign of superman characters uh known as the eradicator uh Kind of, he was a bit of a grey spot. He represented Superman's Kryptonian side, uh, but uh, he he was a grey. You weren't quite sure if he was a good guy or a villain. He sort of had a lot more harsher tactics than Clark uh, would usually use. Uh, but he was originally meant to be in the third wave. Uh, didn't end up happening, but you were able to acquire this character if you subscribe to toy fair he was one of those mail-in figure offers that they ended up doing so he did make his way out uh onto uh people's toy shelves thanks to them another character that's uh really disappointed people uh that we didn't get was Metallo, so obviously classic uh superman villain giant robot and this is sort of him with a big skull roboty scary face uh now he was originally shown off at the 96 toy fair had kind of this vac metalized look didn't end up uh coming out uh in the line obviously the line ended up cancelled at this point uh but you were able to get a hold of him uh, or later on in a line known as DC Superheroes, uh, where he was paired up with a sort of generic uh, Superman figure. So he did get out there. People were able to acquire him in this style. Now, the one of this third wave that unfortunately, as far as I know, uh, did not make it out there, was Street Guardian Superboy. So running off that theme off the last wave where you had Street Guardian Superman, same concept, but with Superboy. Boy. So his design is sort of less Punisher, more along the lines of any <laughs> kind of, the best I can go with is if you think of any like Sunbow cartoon version of like a Hispanic street gang, kind of character. Maybe he's got a heart of gold under there as well, so they want him to look kind of tough, but at the same time, uh, they, they're going to win him over. He's actually going to help save the rec center at the end of the day. Uh, he's got a bit of a bandana, like a leather jacket that also has the uh, pauldrons of a American football player, and he came with some sort of snap-on gold armor pieces, which doesn't really work on the street side, side. but he, as I said, as far as I know, did not come in in any uh, fashion or form so he is one lost to the ages but uh, if you were after a way to add more Superboy to your Man of Steel shelf don't threat Uh, I do have another option for you because there was going to be another two pack uh, that did feature Superboy as well as King Shark uh, coming out So both all new molds Uh, so Superboy kind of in more of a wetsuit design with a flying surfboard, now Superboy at the 90s comics was living in Hawaii, was a surfer so it did kind of work, King Shark was one of his main villains so actually kind of fitting, not necessarily an iconic superman character but an iconic superboy character to fit in there so that actually uh did work quite nicely now these figures did end up coming out and once again uh much like they were released uh still together uh but as a two-pack under that dc superheroes uh toy line but that wasn't all. Uh, even though it was all of the figures, there were actually going to be some play sets. So there was going to be a cloning lab, which for some reason in the Toy Fair images uh, shows Superman cloning conduit, which I don't really know why or how. Uh, now, I would have assumed there'd be some sort of weird play y thing going on. It just looks more like uh, one of those... <laughs> weird uh human-sized test tube bed things i think of what was in the deadpool movie uh because that's always my go-to pool is i gotta fit in a deadpool reference in there somewhere uh so really this was probably more meant to be for superboy but they've kind of mixed up the characters here again and what would have been cool is there was also a bank play set. So you could have the wall smash in. It had all sorts of different money bags and gold bars but you could also take uh, the safe bars and they were bendable so you could have Superman take off the safe bars and wrap it around the, the villain there to hold him till the police come uh, which would have been a kind of cool playset, set. And that's one you could have used with a lot of different figures so I, I feel like that, that one's the biggest shame uh, in terms of ones that we missed out on there but uh, that does pretty much bring me to the end of the Superman Man of Steel uh, toy line but as I did hint uh, the line did have spiritual uh, excesses you had the Total Justice which did start to bring in other DC Universe characters uh, so you had ones like Green Lantern uh, the Flash uh Green Arrow. Now, all these guys were their new incarnations Wally West, uh, Carl Rayner, uh, oh, I'm blanking on Green Arrow's name, uh, Connor Hawke, uh, and So they were coming straight off the comic shelves. Now, that was based on a video game, which was a weird choice, but it did get a lot of uh, DC characters back out there on the shelves. Scotty would be very happy to know that it was his favorite version of Aquaman with a beard and a cut-off hand uh, was out there. Now, and that led into a line of Justice League figures uh, that saw a lot of re-releases of figures from all these different waves uh, starting to pop up uh, in there as well, plus some new ones such as Plastic Man uh, and so on. But uh, those sculpts and designs did fit fairly well uh, with this Man of Steel uh, design. So it it is a way you could have kept that growing and expanded Uh, out your, uh, DC roster. There wasn't a huge amount extra in terms of super, uh, man characters though hitting through here, other than the one sort of mentioned that got, uh, re releases. Probably the biggest one was in Total Justice. You did get a dark side figure. Now he had a weird mechanical hand, so he wasn't exactly accurate, but he's one that does scale nicely with this line if you are looking for one there. So, uh, That is is my favourite Superman line. There have been other great ones. Obviously, DC Direct did a lot of great Superman stuff, and uh, we've seen some cool stuff and a lot of character range uh, with things like DC Universe classics. But uh, this is always sort of the toy line I'll think of uh, when I think of Superman, which, uh, does bring me to the end of a, another episode. Uh, now this one was a bit of a rush thrown together one, so, uh, I don't have any feedback uh to pull off here but if you do have any feedback any corrections you want to send me because uh this really is a one man uh, episode i'm flying off uh, by the seat of my pants just reminiscing uh you can send it through to us at podcast at actionfigureblues, uh, dot com. Uh, or we do also have, uh, Facebook. Now, Facebook, uh, is, as I'm sure you've heard from many people, uh, going under some weird algorithm changes. Uh, we do use it every time we have a new episode go up, uh, but it's not necessarily, uh, the best spot to get, uh, responses, uh, from us. Uh, on uh, we are doing much better at keeping track of things over on twitter uh, so any of you guys that do have twitter please follow action figure blues there if you're looking to contact us uh, we uh, generally will be responding much better there as well as uh, our fellow, uh, Instagrammer here at the AF Blue offices. Luke, uh, does wonderful work over at the Action Figure Blues, uh, Instagram page. Uh, so that's another great spot, uh, where you're gonna be able to reach us there with any feedback, uh, so definitely get on that Uh, me and Scotty are also quite active at the moment and John uh, on our Twitters too so if there's anything directly on us uh, you'll find our uh, ones at the top of our Twitter page uh, there so definitely do Uh, Jump on that. We always like a bit of action figure talk, even in our downtime. Uh, So that brings us to the end of another episode, guys. So I'm going to say so long, and I'm going to go read some Superman comics. Good journey.
0: The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nate Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com, where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Blue Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at Action Figure Blues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash action figure blues. Thanks for listening.